Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. and tell me what's a happening this is the pyro light podcast episode 22 today is friday december 18th and we are heading into the midst of nfl week 15 and believe it or not the championships are next week uh i am in a dogfight in my high school league but i know you guys don't turn in to hear about my little life uh, you turn in for the fantasy goo, and that's what we bring to you. You can follow us on Spreaker, Stitcher, and, of course, iTunes. And if you dig us, that is the Pyro Light Podcast or the Pyro Heavy, do some Christmas cheer, spread it around, and leave us a review if you would. Subscribe on iTunes. Let us know what you think. You can follow me, Pyromaniac Mo, on Twitter at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. And the rest of the crews at Pyromaniac, it's P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. We were brought in tonight with the music from uh, the Scottish folk band Steelers Wheels. Of course, that was Suck in the Middle, perhaps most famous from uh, the wonderful soundtrack and the even better movie Reservoir Dogs, which I believe was Tarantino's first directorial debut. I know he wrote a movie before then, but a uh, fantastic movie. Now, before I introduce my co-host, let me just tell you about our first sponsor. It is Fantasy uh, DraftKings, and fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Just pick up your sport, draft your team, and it's like a new season every time you play. You're never stuck with the same players. So if you're already out of the playoffs, you can get back in the action at DraftKings.com. Over $1 billion will be won. Go to DraftKings.com now. Enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. 
all new users receive a deposit matching bonus of up to $600. And, of course, you get a free $3 game voucher, DraftKings.com. That's the promo code Pyro. Now, folks, I am on Christmas break, so I am having a Valverde Royale. Although Chili Palmer referenced this with the metric system, I say Valverde Royale because not only am I sipping a Tasty Founders, but I have the one, the only, the man himself, Mr. Valverde. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Mo? I'm doing wonderful. Of course, uh, Valverde, he's uh, on Twitter, at RFL Red Zone. That's R-F-L-R-E-D-Z-O-N-E. And Val, I tell you what, uh, you and I, have we've, we've done a few of these, but the audience has not been blessed to hear all of them. Well, we had one that just went into the ether one time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think that was our last one that, you know, it just just didn't, for whatever reason, the fate of the gods did not want it to be played. And so, you know, it, it's definitely ether in somewhere in the radio land. And it's too bad, too, because I went back and I checked our notes. Amazingly, every guy we talked about finished in the top 10. I mean, every single player, we set records that way. It was incredible. So hopefully, my friend, we will have a similar show and bring the listeners good fortune in week 15. Starting off, we've got the recap from uh, Thursday night. Again, we are recording late night. This is 9.30 p.m. on the East Coast, uh, December 18th. So last night, uh, the Rams ended up 31 over the Bucks, 23 points. Now, at one point, Keenum had tossed two touchdowns, 107 yards, only one incomplete pass, and that was still in the first quarter. Uh, now, I've said before, Keenum is the definition of volatile. So, although he had two touchdowns in the first quarter, he finished with just those two touchdowns. He only had uh, a total of 17 attempts completed, just 14, 234 yards. Now, on the other side, uh, not a great start for famous Jameis, while well, Keenum started hot, Winston did not, uh, but he got going in the second half. Winston finished completing 29 of 50 passes for 363, which is his season high. Uh, also two touchdowns, and he did have an INT. The running backs, we got to see the top, or two of the top five fantasy backs on the ground. Martin, he was the game's leading rusher, 91 yards, caught one pass for six. Even Sims chipped in with 50 uh, three catches for an additional double deuce. Uh, on the winning side, the Rams, Gurley, you know, he only rushed 48 yards. He did have a TD to boot, uh, caught two catches for 31. Uh, notably, kind of set a record or tied a record, uh, Jerome Bettis, Eric Dickerson, and now Gurley, uh, the three rookie running backs to rush for 1,000 yards. Gurley joins Freeman and AP for the most TDs this season. All three backs have nine, of course, Freeman and AP have yet to play, so we shall see. Also on the ground, Trey Mason did not do much, 3 for 13. Tavon, man, that guy is just boom or bust. Uh, he boomed last night, getting it done all over the field. He had four rushes for 32 yards and a touchdown through the air. Austin also contributed three catches, 41 yards, and another touchdown. So seven touches, the man had 73 yards, three receptions, two TDs, not bad indeed. Uh, the Rams' leading receiver was Britt, just two for 71 and a touchdown that included a 60-yard bomb. Cook 
four for 64. Even Kendricks chipped in, three for 27. On the other side, Tampa. Leading receiver was Mike Evans. He bounced back from uh, last week. Nine catches, 157 yards. Even old Adam Humphreys, who was uh, one of my what-you-talking-about-Willis DFS plays a few weeks back when Vincent Jackson was also out. Humphreys finished 6 for 60. That's a respectable 12 points in PPR. The Rams gave up two touchdowns to the tight end position. ASJ, 3 for 29 and a touchdown. And even Luke Stocker, 3 for 28 and a touchdown. You know, to me, it looks like Evans' pass catching is back, back to his old self. Uh, I was impressed with Martin running low, pad level, falling forward, moving the pile. Uh, Jameis, he got rattled. Defense was really getting after him. Aaron Donald especially. Uh, he didn't register a sack, but he knocked him on his back a few times. Um, he, definitely a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, now that we got kind of the box score out of the way, Val, what was your take on the Thursday night game? Yeah, I definitely had a contrasting uh, appearances going on where, as you mentioned, Keenum was blowing it up in the first half and then to sort of settle settled back to his old Keenum self in the second half where Winston is just the opposite. Now, that guy, I just, I just can't get a handle on. Um, I've tried to, I tried to start him a few times in my league, but it just, every single time I start him, he does nothing like last week against new Orleans. I mean, you would figure he'd blow up against this weak defense, but no, there's nothing there. And then against the Rams last night, you know, he, their Rams defense has been falling apart, but you would figure he would have, you know, a tougher time considering they're a tougher defense. But no, he goes off and has a great game. So I, I just can't put a finger on him. I have a question for you. What, what did you think of those uniforms? Um, I, I was like going back to my high school and college days and was like, yeah, I remember those highlighters, you know, some big old yellow big old red, all that. Uh, so what, what, what were you, what was your take on those, those very bright uniforms? I, uh, I think it burned my retina a little bit there. <laughs> I, uh, I, for a while I thought I was seeing through time. I was staring at the screen so long. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't, uh, wasn't a big fan of the electric light colors. Uh, it just didn't, didn't like it. Uh, but to your point with Jameis, you know, uh, I'm looking at his scores. He's only got, Five games where he's thrown multiple touchdowns. Uh, he's got two bagels, but the rest of the time, he's got just one touchdown games. Now, in those five multi-touchdown games, all of the multi-touchdowns are only two passing. Now, one time he had the blow-up against Philly, and he had five. That was great. But, yeah, not a lot through the air for fantasy owners. Uh, he can produce a decent floor against weak defenses. Uh, I like him in that sense, uh, but I, I am certainly, to be honest, I've been surprised by Winston. I thought, although we've seen a lot of interceptions, I thought we'd see a lot more, um, a lot worse decisions, poorer decisions by him. Yeah. I think he's got a, a pretty good football IQ, uh, although he got rattled last night. He's so emotional, you know, mm -hmm. like, and that can work for him where he gets everybody fired up. You know, there's a story, you know, what's my last name? Win a ton, win stun. Um, and he gets people fired up. But at the same time, Aaron Donald really rattled him. There was a time where they were going at it. I thought a uh, flag was going to be thrown. And I think it definitely got in his head. He gets too jacked 
And I think that affects him, of course. Hopefully, he sh that's something I think he can learn uh, to deal with. So I, I think he's been a surprise. I think he's been surprisingly good this year, and I think he's going to increase as he ages. He's going to get better uh, as they uh, maybe get rid of Lovey and uh, get some other talent around him. I certainly think Evans is good for him. I'd like to see a better line come in there. Uh, but I think he's uh, he's got nowhere to go but up. I, I agree. I I really thought he would, he would have had a lot more interceptions by now. And I think his touchdown ratio is good for a rookie. Um, yeah. So he's, he's definitely better. I would say he's definitely better than I thought he was going to be in his rookie season. And actually, I thought uh, Mariota was going to be a lot worse in his rookie season as well. So both rookie quarterbacks done pretty well. Yeah, it's been nice uh, seeing the Rooks go at it. It'll be interesting to see who gets uh, the Offensive Rookie Player of the Year. Um, I, I like both, you know, and for streaming-wise, it's it's totally matchup dependent. They have both been capable streaming candidates, uh, and it's really matchup dependent. All right, folks, let's jump into the Huey Lewis and the news and notes. Starting alphabetically this time, Arizona. John Brown, great matchup versus Byron Maxwell. Uh, Brown, 15 catches on 20 targets the last three games. His lowest yardage in that span is 78. I'm liking him. Uh, Andre Ellington, listed as questionable. He did return to practice, albeit limited today, Friday. Uh, he's going to be a game-time decision. Uh, I don't think he will go. Uh, now, Zona is playoff-bound, I think. They're going to give him time to rest. Uh, even if he does play, it's probably going to be in limited fashion behind Mr. David Johnson. Uh, now, keep in mind, this is a Sunday night game. Also, uh, Jermaine Gresham, technically tight end, two in the depth chart. He's also questionable. Atlanta, boy, this team, uh, nothing really questionable-wise or, or status, health status-wise. Just a team that started 5-0 and are all, nearly out of the playoff race. It's just been an unbelievable up-and-downhill struggle for this team. I just can't believe the start. In the finish, uh, Baltimore, who's you know mailing it in now. Uh, Marlon Brown listed as doubtful tight end. Crockett Gilmore, he's out. Thus, Max Williams is the play. Not that I can recommend that, uh, but in case you're in the deeper leagues, Buffalo tight end Charles Clay, he's been ruled out. Uh, Carlos Williams, he's been on my bench. I'm waiting for that cat to get back. He is questionable. Now he got limited practice today. Uh, that was his third day being able to practice in some capacity. Uh, likely game time decision, but McCoy's looking good right now. I, I don't know if we're going to really see what we saw before, if he's going to get as much of a chance, but man, that kid can produce. I uh, just wish he was healthier. Carolina. Uh, what do you think about uh, the Carolina situation, Val? Yeah, you know, the they're really hurting with the running backs. I, I, I don't know how injured really Stewart is per se, but uh, they're definitely being very precautious on his status. I think if it was a playoff time, he probably could go. But when you're 12 and 0 or 13 and 0, whatever they are, and you got everything wrapped up, there's really no reason to to push someone who's injured. Unfortunately, that affects our fantasy teams, and they're definitely going to go with a running back by committee. So expect Fozzie Whitaker. Uh, Mike Tolbert, Tolbert probably be the goal line guy. And then you have uh, the rookie Cameron Artis Payne as well. So look for Whitaker and Artis Payne to be splitting duties, you know, up, up between the twenties. And then Tolbert will probably take, take over 
down around the, the goal line and short yardage situation. But yeah, just this horrible mess for any, any fantasy owner. Yeah. Also on the team, uh, Olson, he's also dinged up. Um, he was dinged up last week. Now he's officially probable, uh, mispractice Wednesday, limited Thursday, full today. So that's the right trajectory. That's just what you want to see when you look at the practice reports. However, I could see him using him sparingly. I mean, this is a playoff-bound team. Uh, I know Riverboat Ron and the crew wants to go undefeated, but I'm not sure they're in danger of losing that against the Giants. Uh, I would think they would rather have a healthy Olsen for the playoffs. Uh, now, that's just my take. They could certainly use him in full capacity, uh, but I would weigh my options. You know, check dogs, rankings. Uh, I've got a nice streaming option ahead that you might be able to pick up. Uh, I actually grabbed him in my high school league. Um, so just keep an eye on Olsen. I, I would tend to think they're going to use him a bit sparingly and be on the cautious side. Uh, but I haven't read anything on Twitter to, to back that up. That's just the, the, what I'm thinking uh, they will do, considering Olsen's injury from last week. Chicago, Alshon, and Zach, both listed as questionable. But uh, it, looking at Twitter reports of beat writers, I think both are going to go. Now, keep in mind, Miller. Dude's been bothered by these ribs, so if he gets hit wrong, he could be out, but uh, he's toughed it out thus far. Cincinnati, Dalton, and Eifert both are ruled out. Uh, Cleveland, whoo, the Crow, uh, last week. And I don't mean Brandon Lee. I mean the Crow, Isaiah Crowell. Uh, 145 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, however, <laughs> that only makes three rushing TDs on the season. He's got four altogether, so half came last week. Now, prior to the week 14 big blowout for uh, Isaiah, his biggest rushing day this season, 72 yards. So literally half what he got last week. So I don't know if you can count on that. Denver, uh, what, do you, what do you see about Denver? What do you think about the quarterback situation there? Well, Brock Osweiler, uh, he, he started out pretty well first couple games. Everybody was really jumping on the bandwagon and – he was looking really, really, you know, solid. Uh, Air apparent to Peyton Manning, people were saying, well, the last few weeks, especially against Oakland, they sort of fallen downhill. So I don't know what Denver's thinking about Peyton Manning and how he's going to fit in. Uh, interesting enough, Archie Manning went on radio and said that Peyton has been hurt uh, prior to the season even started. Uh, I guess even with the plantar fasciitis that he's had like all season. So it's hard to believe that someone who has been performing as bad as he has since last season, actually, uh, and continued through this season, if he's actually been that hurt for that long. Um, but I would hate to see them making excuses for, for Peyton at this point. What, what are your thoughts? Well, um, as far as Osweiler, you know, I, I believe I'm going to be talking about him a little bit later, but, you know, games ha or, uh, teams have some tape on him now. He's certainly really struggled, even Vegas. Uh, they are not liking him as much this week, uh, so I don't think he is necessarily the heir apparent. Now, maybe he, you know, progresses in the offseason. We shall see, but uh, I, I think Pittsburgh's going to handle the team fairly readily. I believe they're about, uh, I've got it written down six or seven point favorites. Um, 
And Osweiler, he struggled last week. I, I don't believe he had a touchdown. Again, I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, but uh, yeah, I'm not liking the team. Uh, Demarius, though, I think he's, he's God, man, he's like the fourth targeted, most targeted wide receiver, and the dude's only got three touchdowns. I think there's some regression coming there, but uh, I'm avoiding the uh, QB situation. C.J. Anderson uh, listed as questionable. Now, he got limited practice Thursday and today. Uh, Coach Kubiak said he does indeed expect him to play. Now, uh, this could easily be running back by community. Neither Hillman nor Thompson stepped up last week. I could see a major split with Hillman and Anderson taking the majority of the load. However, it's a mess I would just rather avoid. Uh, another big-time wide receiver let down last week, Demarius. Um, like I said, 144 targets, um, yet three TDs. So if, if there is a play there, I would still maybe in DFS uh, look at Demarius just because touchdown regression, if you're getting that many opportunities, if you build it, they will come. So says Kevin Kastner. So says I. If you get the targets, the touchdowns will eventually get there, and they've got to for Demarius. Um, but of course, he's got a tough matchup. Uh, William Gay, he, he's a good corner. So it may not come this week, but I do like uh, some of the play on Pittsburgh, even though Denver is notorious. I think Pittsburgh, like I said, they've got some tape on Osweiler now. Uh, I think Big Ben can handle uh, the situation. Detroit, Motown, my town. Megatron, I think he's going to bounce back after a horrific showing last week. Very sorry to Megatron owners. He's technically questionable, but, man, we've seen this before all season long. It's been a pattern. He should be full go. Great matchup, which we'll talk about. Uh, Green Bay, uh, the enigma that is the Packer ground game. My goodness. Lacey, he, to me, he appears to be back in the driver's seat. Uh, but on the whole, according to the NFL Network's Mark Sessler, last week the Packers rushed for 230 yards which was the most they've had in 11 seasons, which really surprised me. 230 yards. Uh, but Sessler, he's, he's a good man. He, he pulled out some good stats, so I was really surprised, and I think that speaks well for Lacey and the ground game. Devontae uh, Adams, uh, officially questionable. Ty Montgomery is out. Houston, Hoyer is out. Yates is going to start in week 11 against the Jets, which was his only real work this season. Although his completion percentage was below 50%, uh, he did finish with 229 yards and two TDs, so I suppose he's serviceable, uh, but that's not exactly a word, an adjective that the Hopkins owners want to hear. Now, although Hopkins, he was yet another big-time wide receiver that did not have a good showing last week. Um Boy, <laughs> it might be another week with Vontae Davis on him. Um, now, just as good as Vontae Davis is against wide receiver number ones, indie cornerbacks against wide receiver twos and threes really struggle. So as long as Yates is serviceable, it could be a sneaky day for Washington, but I would put my money on shorts. He seems to get more of the targets. Could be a contrarian play. Uh, I don't know if I'd be playing him in redrafts. Uh, only in GPP plays on uh, DFS. Indianapolis, of course, luck is out. Hasselbeck, though, he's been upgraded to probable. Pagano said he thinks he's going to go, and he will likely go, is a, uh, according to beat writers down there. Moncrief, uh, questionable, missed practice Thursday. 
and Wednesday, I believe. He did get some limited work in today, uh, certainly shaken up to be a game-time decision. Fortunately, this is a 1 p.m. start. Jacksonville, Allen Robinson coming off that one-catch, one-touchdown week where owners breathed a sigh of relief. Um, he could be uh, bouncing back, I think. Now, Yeldon, however is doubtful and Denard was a waiver wire darling this week I will talk about him he's looking to get the nod and Brian Walters uh, wide receiver is questionable Kansas City Spencer Ware I, I wish I had better news for Kansas City owners uh, Kansas City folks but he's although questionable mispracticed yesterday and the day before he got limited work in today uh, Andy Reid said he did a nice job now this is a 1 p.m. start so owners will know now, if he indeed is out, although it's honestly, if you're, if I'm reading in between the lines, I, I don't think he's going to be out. But if he is, or even if he's limited, Sharkandrick West uh, will certainly get the carry, although they face a tough Baltimore D that's only given up one rushing touchdown in the last six games. So if Ware muddies the waters for West, it's a tough matchup. Uh, I might look to avoid. If Ware is out, I would certainly feel a lot better about Shark Hendrick. Miami, uh, Richard Matthews, questionable, as is Charles. Uh, no, Charles Johnson, he is out in Minnesota. Not that many folks are starting him. Hopefully you've given up on him. Well, I think I tweeted, yeah, I did a write-up for Minnesota back in week three. I think I <laughs> went against Dog and I even texted him. I'm like, hey, man, I think we should drop this guy. And he's like, no, I think give him some time. But holy Moses, I was expecting so much more from that cat. New... Orleans, what is going on down there, sir? What do you think about uh, the Saints? You know, <laughs> um, quite, a, see, quite a situation down there, dude. Hightower, yeah, I couldn't it, believe it. You got, you got Hightower going on, and, you know, Pierre Thomas is performing well again, and he sort of established himself, but he's hurt. Um, they yep. bring in C.J. Spiller, who, you know, was – was supposed to be the second coming of, um, you know, the great PPR specialist, but he had that one, one year and, you know, just has really flamed out. They, they've already talked about uh, not even signing him again. Uh, so he'll be a free agent. Uh, if I remember right, I think in the off season, he had no offers. I mean, think, uh, New Orleans came in late for him, I believe uh after he was released and he, just nobody wants him um and it's, it's you know he went from being on buffalo and head coach stating that you know they were going to feed him the ball as much as he you know so he'd be throwing up on the field and yeah, <laughs> ever since that. then he's that's owner owners have been throwing up so, since then yeah exactly yeah that's and that's what it is and even with the high tower thing, I mean, if you look into it a little closer, yeah, it was a great week, but God, 85 yards and a rushing touchdown, but on 28 carries, if you do the math, he averaged 3.0 yards per carry. So boy, it's a tough call this week. It's one of the two, uh, another, another one I'm going to talk about, uh, but very high over under. So it, it could certainly happen again. He could get the work, lots of points to be had in that matchup. Uh, before I move on from New Orleans, a great Peter King stat. Uh, according to Peter King, there are 25 wide receivers in the Hall of Fame. Colston has more receptions than 14 of those players. Wow. Now, 
No, I, that was surprising. Not that Colston is fantasy relevant exactly these days, unless you're in 14, 16 team leagues. But boy, more than half of the wide receivers in the league, he has more receptions than that wow. was incredible. I thought uh, New England, lots of stuff going on there. Not that you can ever tell with Belichick, but uh, Brady listed as questionable. He's apparently sick, had an illness, should be fine. Chandler also listed as questionable. Now Gronk should be good to go. He missed practice. It was very strange. They didn't really say why other than non-football related. I'm sure he'll be fine. Edelman. Now, I believe he's only five weeks uh, since the injury. It took Dez, who had a very similar injury. It took him seven, I believe, to come back. So I, I don't see them rushing him back on the field. They are playoff bound. Why not save them for the playoffs? They've been doing, you know, decent, although they've struggled the last couple weeks. But uh, uh, he's officially listed as doubtful, and I don't see Edelman going. Um, the Patriots did indeed pick up Leonard Hankerson, currently fifth on the depth chart uh, with their wide receiver woes. He's a guy, only if I've got room and there's no one else out there. Now, I know this was a big waiver wire week, so I'm sure people don't have room. But I honestly, if I've got a guy on uh, my team that there's no way I'm going to use, if I've got bench room, why the hell not? Take a stab, take a player at Hankerson. Uh, it may take some time, but boy, it lesser receivers have done better with high caliber quarterbacks. So you never know. Uh, I'm not saying to run out and do it and drop somebody notable, but if you got the room and you're not making any pickups this week, go for it. Not going to hurt you. Giants, Wayne Harris, he's questionable. Uh, the Jets, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker set a record. They are now uh, the J in Jets team history. They have the most touchdowns for any Jets duo. Most touchdowns from Marshall and Decker, they have been rock solid. I'm a Decker owner. You can just plug him in your lineup and not think twice about it. He's been beautiful. Uh, Oakland, for you dynasty owners out there, Clive Walfert, if you remember way back, our buddy David T. Thomas was talking about him right after the, right after the draft. Uh, I think he's going to have a big future with the Raiders uh, in years to come. Dynasty owners, if Walfert's out there, I would uh, look to grab him. San Diego. Now, uh, I saw a – must have been an academic film, but apparently the name is derivative of a whale's vagina. That's that's what I'm told. I, I did some studying. But uh, what do you think about uh, San Diego? You got any uh, news and notes on the charges? Well, if uh, if what, you're, what you found out is correct um... – and Gates retires, they're going to leave a big, wide, gaping hole in that tight end position. Not what you like to hear with that image in mind. <laughs> but it looks like it looks like it's going to be that it, he wants to come back, and you know why not? I mean, he's he's definitely when he is healthy, he is performing, you know, at a pro pro level, high pro level. So. Hey, if he wants to come back, more power to him. Yeah, uh, it's boy, it, you don't want to go out like they are going out. Um, yeah. In the last, I believe this is off the top of my head, but in the last four games, I think they have three in which they've scored three points. So field goal, field goal, field goal. Mm. There was one game in between there where they did okay, but I mean, three of your last four to only walk away with a field goal is awful. 
Stevie yeah. Johnson listed as doubtful. Ladarius Green questionable, and Mand has uh, their quarterback. It's been a tale of the first half, second half, because he started off great and then fizzled quickly. Um, so you talked a little bit about the Carolina muddle that is the running back situation. What do you think of the Seattle situation, Val? Yeah, it, it, they're sort of facing the same thing. They, you know, they brought uh, Christine Michael back. Uh, I, I <laughs> <laughs> just, um, yeah. So, yeah, he's back. He's going to play. Um, and then they're, they signed Bryce Brown, and he's going to play. And one more player, I can't think who. Do you know who? They're gonna they're gonna use three running backs. Fred, ja- Fred, Fred Jackson. Jackson. Thank you. Yeah, and Jackson will be in there on passing downs, of course. So if you're a PPR owner and you're desperate, uh, Jackson would probably be the best fit. Uh, Bryce Brown and Christine Michael. Who knows what's gonna happen there? Yeah, I tweeted out some interesting stuff. I'm going to bring it up later when we're uh, sort of looking at the crystal ball as to what might happen. Uh, But really, who knows? Because, my goodness, it's been a crazy week for running backs. Uh, San Francisco, Torrey Smith, he's questionable. Um, What about uh, the St. Louis? Uh, What do you got for me from the Rams from last night? Any news? It's not so much fantasy relevant, but as the fans were screaming, you know, Keep, keep the Rams in St. Yeah. Louis. I guess the uh, board of aldermen voted, took a vote, and 17-4-10 against in favor of financing a plan for the new stadium for the Rams. So as it appears right now, those fans chanting, keep the Rams here, it looks, you know, pretty pretty promising. Yeah, that's uh, good news for the team, good news for the city. Tennessee. Kendall Wright is out, and last one, Washington, uh, Chris Thompson, and wide receiver Andre Roberts are indeed out, and that wraps it up for the Huey Lewis and the News and Notes. Uh, Moving on, we've got... Flex appeal. Now, these are guys that you can probably grab off your waiver wire. We try to shoot for guys that are roughly available in 50% of leagues or more, or right about that level. Now, my guy, uh, we alluded to, I believe, a little bit, but is Denard. He was a huge pickup this week, uh, but I checked he's still available in over 50% of NFL fantasy leagues, which surprised me, but uh, I'm guessing with playoffs and not as many people on the waiver wires that some owners just didn't need it uh, so he is likely still available coins flips chance anyway now he was one of the guys i tweeted about he's got 39 nfl games and in that time of course not all of them he was full-time playing but in that time he's got 1036 all-purpose yards i, I did this comparison between he and brown very very similar so denard's what i'm focusing on 39 games 1,036 all-purpose yards. Uh, He's got two games over 100 yards uh, rushing, 127 and 108. He's got five touchdowns in that time, and his average yards per carry is 4.28. Now, he's been used sparingly, but he has eight games in which he racked up double-digit carries. 
All of these came from this season and last season. His average on those games, I actually pulled them out, did the math. His average on his double-digit carry games is 4.65. I think that is more telling. That is more accurate as to how he's going to perform as just to his average from everything he's done in games where they've plugged him in for a couple of carries. So 4.65 is not bad in his uh, games where he's gotten a decent workload. Last week, Shoelace was given five red zone carries and even added a red zone target, which I love. Only two backs had more red zone attempts in week 14. So I think along with guys like Hightower, but I would really like Denard Robinson if I'm picking up a running back. What about you, Bell? Yeah, um, now that you mentioned both of them, I, I definitely, it, with if I had a choice between Robinson and Hightower, I would definitely go with Robinson over Hightower. I, you know, Hightower is not going to, is not going to produce much uh, unless he gets the volume he had such as last week. Uh, he will catch some passes, but I, I just think Denard Robinson is going to, is a mixture of both for my guy, uh, flex appeal. I got uh Javorius Allen and I was kind of surprised myself to see him around that area. I, I really expected him to be a lot higher than what he was. Uh, he's, he's a plotter. He's not going to get a whole lot of yards. He's going to get you, you know, 60, 65 yards. But what he does in, is involved in the passing game and he's involved pretty heavily in pack. So if you're a standard, standard owner, just ignore what I'm saying right now, but PPR owners, you definitely would like to pick him up just because of the amount of, uh, of receptions and targets he's going to get. Plus He's going to get the carries down on the goal line. He he's um, the bell cow. So definitely for PPR owners, standard. You know you can just go on your merry way unless you're in a deep league or something. But um, yeah, I would definitely be picking him up if I'm doing the receptions and stuff like that. Alrighty, so there's a couple of streamers you can likely grab. Uh, I went with Robinson Denard, the Michigan man, and Val went with Divorce Allen. Now, before we talk, uh, or continue to talk fantasy and get into our streamers, I just want to thank Founders, our premier partner. Uh, this is a microbrewery that began in Grand Rapids, Michigan, 1997. Boy, 20 years ago now almost. Uh, truly. It was started with a very kind family-oriented staff. Well, I worked there. When I was hired, there was no application process whatsoever. I mean, if you knew people, you, you got it. And I remember at the time, uh, the manager and like five or six bartenders, they all lived at the same house. We'd work together. We'd go over a party afterward, I'd crash there, go back to work. Uh, it was just a really cool vibe that I have not seen recreated since. It was really, really something special. Now, of course, the brewery is now like a mecca of the industry and ain't what she used to be. You know what they say about um, nostalgia? It ain't what it used to be. But uh, they've been very good to us, and I am currently enjoying their porter. Now, pours silky black with a creamy tan head. The nose is sweet with strong chocolate and caramel malt presence. No absence of hops gives Founders Robust Porter the full flavor you deserve and expect. Cozy like velvet. It's a lover, not a fighter. Just as I am. And Val as well. 
if I put some words in his mouth. Uh, it's a 6.5 alcohol by volume. So if you're seeking a founder's brew near you, log on to pyromaniac.com. On the main page at the top, you'll see the link. Click that sucker, enter your zip code, and boop, they draw you a map on where you can find some tasty brews. Moving on to the streaming plays of the week. And again, we're shooting for 50% ownership. And this is where a lot of uh, uh, folks have contacted me on Twitter that they like uh, this segment, particularly uh, quarterbacks. Um, now, if Fitzpatrick is indeed there, I am all over that cat. However, I don't know if he's going to be available. Uh, lots of guys. He's been on and off waiver wires. I use him readily throughout the season. I was a big Ben owner. I am a big Ben owner in my high school league. And when Ben did not go, I often went to Fitzpatrick, dropped him, picked him up, dropped him. He's been gone for a couple weeks now, and he's likely gone in your league. If he's not, grab him. Otherwise, Cousins, he could be an interesting cat. Really high ceiling since week seven. He's put up multiple double-digit days. Uh, three of those games has gone for over 20 points, and one went for over... 30. So I like his ceiling. Uh, you're hoping for a two touchdown day with his arm. Not a guarantee, but in two of his last three, he's rushed for a touchdown facing Buffalo. They have allowed every single quarterback they've faced to put up double digit fantasy points. So for a streamer, he's got a ceiling that's pretty nice. And as I said, three games above uh, 20, one above 30. And for a floor with Buffalo, if every single person they've faced has put up double digits, you, it's hard to beat that. Now, if you look at your opponent's team and you don't need to necessarily swing for the fences and you want more of a safe play, although Cousins is pretty safe considering who he's playing, Alex Smith could be your man. This is definitely more of a floor play. As I said, he faces an atrocious Baltimore defense. Wilson hung 30 points on him last week, and that was the third time a quarterback put up over 30 points against that defense. They've allowed 10 quarterbacks to put up double-digit fantasy points against them. Now, uh, Wright and Smith are both liabilities in the secondary that uh, Alex Smith can take advantage of. I'm talking about Sheree Wright and Jimmy Smith, the cornerbacks, uh, not exceptional plays, and I think Smith could pick them off. Certainly, Macklin might have a good game here. I'm going to talk about him as well. I like that play. On the season, only two teams are allowing more points to the quarterback position than Baltimore, and that's who Smith faces. In two of the last three games, Smith has scored over 20 points, but you're not starting him for a ceiling. It's his floor. Alex Smith only has one game below 13 points this season, and that was against a monster Denver D way back in week two. Alex Smith, nice floor week 15. And then, of course, Cousins, nice ceiling. Val, who are you streaming at the quarterback position? I, I like Tyrod Taylor. He's someone who's been pretty steady over the last, you know, season. I, I he's another guy I didn't really have much faith in coming into this year, uh, but he's proven me wrong. He, you know, he he has his ups and downs, but he's really just done it all season long, especially with you know those wide receivers, Sammy Watkins being hurt, uh, losing Percy Harvin, who looked like he started out like he was going to do well. But even even with through those injuries, even through a bad offensive line, he's done, you know, as well as you would hope he could do. Uh, another reason why I like him is, is that he's going to add points 
running the ball. He's going to run for 40-something yards a game. Um, and I could definitely guarantee a touchdown out of him, if not two. So if anyone in that, in that category, I, I really like, uh, like Taylor. One, One thing I like is Valverde Royale. I also like Tyrod Taylor. Picked him up in my Dynasty League as a streamer. No longer streaming him. He is officially my quarterback. But, yeah, I remember the beginning of the season when Sexy Rexy was talking about uh, his eye on Tyrod Taylor. And the fantasy community was, right, Tyrod, yeah, right. And, wow, has he really, really surprised uh, getting it done with his legs and well as well as his arm, too. So I think he's got nowhere to go but up. He's been very surprising this season. It's a, it's a nice call. I like him. Streaming the tight end position. Give me Ben Watson all day long. He's available in over 65% of NFL fantasy leagues. The Saints face the Lions. This matchup is currently at 51 points over under. That's tied for the highest of the week. There's only two matchups above 50. Saints and Lions are one of them. In the last five weeks, only two teams have allowed more total points to the position than the Detroit Lions, and that's who Ben Watson faces. Nine different tight ends have hung double-digit points, PPR, against Detroit. And as I said, this is one of only two games it's, that's over 50. It's going to be high scoring. It could even get out of hand. It could go higher than that. Drew Brees has had his eye on Watson. I think he's a great tight end play this week. What about for you, Val? What uh, tight end are you going to stream? You know, I really like Miller. Uh, he comes into Chicago. Uh, he's he's always been a pass-catching tight end. And now that Bennett is out for the season, I, you know, he's done he's done and filled pretty well. So if you're looking for a tight end, which, you know, they're just really hard to find, especially this time of year, uh, I I would definitely definitely look into grabbing Miller. Uh, he could he could not only be maybe a stream for you, but he could also be uh, if you if you play in the playoffs, however long your playoffs are, he could he could definitely fill in each week for you. So uh, I like him as a streamer and and maybe as an every week player. For defense, give me the Steelers. They are available in seventy five percent of leagues. Uh, with defense, I'm always wanting a home team. Check. They're home to Denver. Uh, the Broncos have an implied team point total of 19. That's pretty low. As I said earlier, now that teams have tape on Osweiler, he has shown his warts. Uh, he did not toss a touchdown at all last week. In fact, uh, in his last three games, Dude only has two passing touchdowns. Since his Week 10 start, he only has one game where he threw more than one touchdown, and that was just two against a porous Chicago secondary. He has two games under 200 yards. Only five teams have more interceptions than the Steelers. Only four teams have more defensive sacks than the Steelers. And Denver is tied for the 11th most sacks allowed to their quarterback as Peyton Manning knows all too well. So I like Pittsburgh at home against a quarterback who's not doing well with a very low point total. 
Um, as I said, top five Steelers are for interceptions and sacks, and Denver is somewhat notorious. Top 12 for sacks given up. Who are you streaming in week 15? Uh, th- this team I was actually surprised to see under 50%. I was that, too, yeah. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about it before the show, and uh, I, it just caught my eye because I was looking at teams under 50%, and I saw the Jets, and I'm like, what? No way. And then I had to do you know one of those classic double takes. But, yeah, for some reasons, the Jets just aren't owned by very many people, under half, uh, under 50%. So – who do they have this week? Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I don't. I don't think I have to really go into much more uh, analyst than than just mention that the Jets are playing the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, yeah, I would definitely put them right in right away. Yeah, woes all the way around. Quarterback woes, running back woes these days. Tight end, even Dez not looking good. Uh, not looking good in uh, down in D Town in Texas. All right, that was your streamers, and looking ahead, and I do mean looking ahead, as though we are looking in the crystal ball. So, guys, you want to grab now. Now, we used to do the two-week, two-early, two-pickup, but, of course, we don't really have that much time left, folks. So, uh, if you're playing in week 17, God bless you. Don't know why you're doing that. However, because we love you, uh, we're going to do a pyro light uh, on New Year's. We'll kick one out on Christmas as well because Lord knows it's week 16 next week but uh, not looking too far ahead I'm just looking about a week ahead now guys I want to secure now Bryce Brown I did indeed pick him up in my high school league that's my main league bragging rights um, big uh, not big money but a money league I picked him up as well as Denard Robinson I'm certainly starting Denard I just want to keep my eye and what happens in Seattle? Uh, I, I've got a rough one, as I said, I think, or I was talking to Val beforehand. Uh, I lost Rawls. Now, I'm not getting Brown because I lost Rawls, but it, it's the situation. Now, we said this earlier. Christine Michael was re-signed at one point. I'm you know, getting help with this. I've met with some people. I think I'm on the right track. Um, I've got a sponsor, but I am indeed a Christine Michael addict. I am. I believed in him, thought for sure, went to uh, Dallas, I, I, I picked him up. It's hard to quit this guy, but I'm moving on to Bryce Brown. Moving on. Uh, he's available in 50% of leagues, according to 4 for 4. Uh, Seattle runs the ball in 51% of the plays. That's second most in the NFL. Now, like Robinson, he also played in 39 NFL games. I did tweet this out. I did a comparison between the two. We were talking about it a lot this week. Uh, he's got more than Denard, same amount of games, but he has 1320 all purpose yards. He has one more touchdown. Bryce has six. He's got a higher yards per carry 4.4 and he's got a higher ceiling. Whereas Denard only had two games over a hundred yards and it was both of them were less than 120. Bryce Brown has three games over a hundred. 178, 169, and 115. So bit of a higher ceiling there. Uh, now, I'm not starting him this week. Seattle, of course, is you know without Rawls and uh, Lynch, not going to be back. 17 is probably the earliest, but uh, I would think they're going to keep him for the playoffs. 
they just cut their rusher, you know, their leading rusher from last week, the guy who had the most attempts, not most yards, but most attempts, Dewan Harris. So who knows exactly what they're going to do there. Uh, they shoulda, woulda, coulda signed Michael, uh, cut Dewan, they signed Brown. So it's just, there's too many things going on. I, I just, I can't play it and feel confident this week. Now, maybe if you're in a GPP and you're playing a bunch of GPP games, Maybe you're going to start him, but uh, I did the math. Denard works for me this week, but I'm grabbing Brown just in case he goes off and I want to use him next week. Uh, I did the math on him as well as I did with Robinson in his double digit carry games. He has a mouth watering 5.45 yards per carry, which is really tasty. He's got a really nice ceiling, as I said. If it goes as I expect, he should lead the team, leaving no question marks for last week's. Grab him now in case you can use him next week, or even if you don't need him, heck, use him as a stopper so your opponent doesn't get him, if you got the room. Um, who are you liking, Val, in your crystal ball? Who do you think might perform down the road? You know, I, I really I really like uh, Ted Ginn. Uh, he's, yeah. he's just been talking about a surprise. Uh where, where, where in the world did this guy come from? I mean, he's been a, a joke since he was drafted in the first round by the Miami Dolphins, you know, su subjected to just kick return duties. Couldn't even make a wide receiver role out of himself in the, with the San Francisco 49ers who had no wide receivers. And now he's, he's um, an all-star or, you know, all, you know, he's just, <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, so, he has the Giants this week, and I think that with that secondary, I think you you could expect some yeah. some more uh, some more production out of him. And it could be a case of, and it's more likely a case of the quarterback. As I said, you know, lesser uh, lesser talent has really upped their game once they've gotten good quarterbacks, and I think that's probably the case with Ginn. My fear might be, you know, the James Jones syndrome from the first half. He, James Jones, not getting a, a ton of targets, but had great production in the touchdown. Uh, again, last week, I think he what, it might have been two. I know it was like two receptions. It might have only been two targets, but big time yards, got the touchdown, and that seems to be his calling card. Low targets, low catches, but lots of production, big scores, and a lot of it, I think, comes from Cam, really. Yeah, yeah, but, with, without a doubt, he he wouldn't be doing this with with Kaepernick or um, any of the other guys he he was playing with. Um, I don't remember who the quarterback was in Miami, Fiedler probably, but um, yeah, yeah. I, you're you're absolutely right. My only other fear there too would be uh, if Carolina starts to say this is that time of year where you start to get a little worried. That's why people don't play Week 17 is because people might be benched for playoffs carolina looking like they got things wrapped up of course riverboat ron baby he was on that uh, bears 85 team that almost went undefeated he might have it that, that taste in his mouth you know what i'm saying like just i, I almost tasted it once we're gonna freaking get this thing speaking of the dolphins yeah that was the team the bears lost to that year so i know Crazy, right? Because, yeah, of course, that, they were the 72 was, undefeated Dolphins, and uh, they, they popped the champagne every time. Yeah, what the, that was the fates working for you there. Yeah, yeah. Man, that was a fun, 
fun team, the uh, Super Bowl Shuffle, Refrigerator Perry. That was a good old team right there. That was yeah, my man. youth. What a, what a, what a defense. I mean, and then you had Sweetness, of course, you know. And, yeah. You know, you had Galt and just, wow, just a great team. Singletary and of course that was the you know Buddy Ryan defense. Mm-hmm. Boy, I've seen some, uh, you know, uh, on the NFL Fantasy Network they do those football lives and all that kind of stuff. Buddy Ryan's pretty much a jackass. Yeah. But great defensive-minded coach. Exactly. Uh, dudes to fade. Getting away from Val. You, you pretty much mentioned this one, but Seattle or I'm sorry, Carolina running backs now that jay stew is out it is indeed not a committee it is a community with cap faz and tolbert um staying away from those cats there i agree with you val i think uh it's going to be probably a equal dose of whitaker and cap in between the 20s and maybe even whitaker maybe even in between the 10s and whitaker when they get down in close Bottom line is not really sure, and I don't want any part of it. Now, other dudes I'm sitting, uh, you alluded to this one too, talking about Dallas. Des Bryant, man, uh, this week he he faces Revis. Although Revis, he's not exactly an island. He's, you know, a peninsula, I guess, these days. Uh, But he's still a tough matchup. Des does not seem to have the heart he once did. Um, there's been several plays where he seemed to have given up on it, where I thought he could have gone up and gotten the ball, and he didn't. Uh, he, he cries more. Uh, he's always been a crybaby, but he cries more than he used to. Um, just not getting it done. Uh, his QB in seven games in which he started has only thrown over 200 yards three times, less than half. Nary, 300-yard touch, 300-yard uh, game, of course, Two ninety nine, but still good for radio. Uh, the big one, two separate weeks. The dude has failed to pass for triple digits. Two game. How do you not pass for a hundred yards when you got Des Bryant? Uh, in the last four games, he's got one touchdown. I am staying away from Des, and I hate to say it because this is my tight end. Um, I'm staying away from Travis Kelsey in my high school league. Man, I got a rough week. And I was talking to talking to you before the the show, but Big Ben against Denver, lost Rawls, uh, crossing my fingers with Denard. I got ODB going against Norman, and Kelsey's just not been doing it, man. He's not been doing it. Great talent, uh, but I went and looked in the waiver wire. Benjamin Watson was available, so I picked that cat up. Uh, Kelsey faces Baltimore uh, since week six. They have only allowed one tight end touchdown. In that time, in PPR formats, only three tight ends have put up double-digit days against Baltimore. Well, Baltimore can be had by wide receivers, especially wide receiver twos. They are really stout against the tight end position. Last three weeks, there are only four teams that have been tougher against opposing tight ends than Baltimore. So, and Kelsey just has not lived up to the potential we saw Last season, we saw week one. He just hasn't really lived up to it. They haven't been going to him. I'm really liking Macklin this week. Uh, Fading Kelsey, as I said, streaming streaming Watson. Um, who are some cats you're staying away from in week 15? Yeah, you know, um, I, I hate to bag on my on my Colts, but yeah, it's time. Uh, they 
this is an overall team. They, they're horrible. And starting with the running back, you got to go with Frank Gore, who, you know, the guy is just old, okay? He's he's 32, I believe, and he's Beat been – Beat crap. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, yeah, done, done. So if you have him, I would put Hightower over him, um, especially against Houston. So you're, you're looking at a tough defense to, to compound all the other issues. The second one is Ty Hilton. Uh, Hilton is a downfield threat. We all know that Hasselbeck it can't, you know, muscle it up more than 30 yards. So that's just killing his value. Uh, so I would definitely fade on on Hilton as well. And then my last guy that I would fade. I'm sorry to say this to you, Mo, but I would fade Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I'm starting. Um, starting him in my high school league. Yeah, he's. You know, for the receivers that they have, and they got a full full core receivers, DeAndre Williams can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's just not been very consistent. He's just been up and down all season. Uh, I I just I can't put much faith into him, um, especially when they're playing Denver this week, and then you got yeah. Baltimore next week. It, it's just too much to risk, especially when you're talking, you know, uh, either your championship game or your, you know, semifinal game. Yeah, see, I'm, I, I honestly kind of think he can get it done against Denver. I believe they're seven-point favorites, six-point favorites, uh, implied team point total about 27, I want to say. <clears throat> I think he can get it done. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers anyway. But, yeah, it's a tough matchup against Denver. Uh, they're home, so I'm hoping. Now, Frank Gore. Do you know where he ranks on the season? I say this as a Gore owner, but uh, do you know where he ranks? Give me a ballpark guess. Where do you think he comes in out of all fantasy running backs? I'm pretty sure this is PPR. As far as uh, total where, yards? or No, like a fantasy. Is he the 13th best? Is he the 23rd? Is he the 33rd? Is he 43rd? Where is he in fantasy, do you suppose? I, I would say at this point, I would say probably – uh, mid mid twenties, uh, low thirties. So twenty five to thirty thirty, huh? Twelve. <laughs> twelve. He is running back twelve. I kid you not, my friend. Oh my Running goodness. back twelve. I'm a Gore owner. It it, it appears tough on the outside because he has had some rough games, especially lately. But PPR. This has to be PPR because I play in almost all PPR. Uh, he he's been getting it slow but steady, and with the amount of injuries that people have had, I mean, you've got some running backs that are still really high rated that haven't played in in quite a while due to injuries. You've got other running backs that have just started to play that are ranked up high, but Gore he is up there. Um, but yeah, not been great as of late. Certainly luck doesn't help, and you know. Um, I'm glad Hasselbeck is going to be there. Hilton could be interesting, although I hear what you're saying. He's got a great record against Houston. Um, Played them seven times, scored six touchdowns, averages 106 yards. Now he's going against Jonathan Joseph, who is a really tough cornerback, but I'm glad it's not Whitehurst. I'm glad it is indeed um, Hasselbeck. (laughs) Tough matchup, though, really tough matchup. And, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure how much I believe in the history thing, uh, but the history does go in his favor. I don't know. You know, I was a big big believer in Moncrief. A lot of that has in, to do with, uh, dude, with, let me down. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just said I was a big believer in Moncrief. Spent a ton of fab on him, and that really let me down. Injuries and uh, just not lack of performance let let me down. But um, Hill, I thought he. I honestly thought Moncrief might be able to surpass Hilton, but uh, it could be a sneaky little matchup. I, I'm interested to see how this one comes out with uh, Hilton and Jonathan Joseph. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, as you're saying, he he has performed well against Houston. Uh, and Andre Johnson has performed well against the Colts. So that's, you know, that, that might be interesting. Maybe it'll be the Andre Johnson against Houston, you know, his old team. Oh. But yeah, yeah that's I, the, I forgot about that. That was the, the one game Andre Johnson showed up this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I definitely think he would like to make him pay again. Um, so with, yeah, with good call with his route running and his short, short passes and Matt Hasselbeck's probably going to be looking for him. You know, it definitely could make a good contrarian play in, in DFS. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad call there, Val. Not a bad call indeed. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a tough, tough matchup and he doesn't have the quarterback necessarily uh, to get it to him. Although who knows? Uh, Hilton is, he's a good wide receiver. Um, started, you know, whatever with luck, but uh, even with the quarterback blows, he's been dealt. He he's done okay. Um, moving on to the tip of the week from me. Now I got two for you this week, folks. The first, don't be afraid to start guys from the same team, and I don't mean stacking wide receiver and quarterback, nor do I mean stacking running back and defense. According to Four for Four's Chris Raybon, if you start a wide receiver and a running back, which most people shy away from. There's only a 0.07% negative correlation, so almost minimal. And, of course, when they talk about that, they're talking about every team in the NFL. Certainly, you're not starting um, you know, a San Francisco wide receiver and running back. So when they factor all this in, they're talking about every team in the NFL. However, if you look for the big-time matchups, big games, you're going to see a lot of opportunity. And in fact, if you look at recent Millionaire Maker contests on DraftKings, a very high percentage of them does indeed do this. Talk about your unique lineup construction. Starting a wide receiver and a running back on a team that's expected to have a high implied team total can really differentiate yourself and you could easily capitalize on a game that Vegas is telling you is going to be a big score. Now, that leads me right into tip number two. Uh, I, you know me, I am all about the Vegas numbers, trying to use that in fantasy to come up with a winning formula. Now, I've said this before, but obviously for running backs and defenses, you not only want home teams, but oftentimes you want heavily favored teams, meaning... The game script should unfold for the running game. If a team is up, they're more likely to chew the clock, right? And they're going to rely on the ground game. Same token. You want high over-unders, especially for your wide receiver and quarterback plays. So if you're looking for a running back wide receiver stack, if you want to do that contrarian play that I've talked about, you want things like home team, heavily favored, big over-unders, high implied team total. So... Some games of interest this week. Seattle is favored by more points than their opponent is expected to score. Let 
me say this again. This is crazy. Seattle should win by more points than the Cleveland Browns are expected to score. The game has an over-under of 43 points. The Seahawks are 15-point favorites. That means the implied team total for the Browns is 14, which is crazy that you don't see that very often. So, ergo, Seattle has a really nice play this week. Now, if it wasn't for their running backs, this would be exactly something I'm looking back looking for for that unique roster construction. But I do like Seattle wide receivers. Love Seattle defense. Other games of note, the Pats. Man, they've been racking up the points. The Patriots have the highest implied team total of the week at 30.5 home against Tennessee. The Titans have an implied team point total of just 16. Another big scoring game. Uh, actually tied to the highest over-under of the week, Arizona travels to Philly. Over-under here is 51. Philly is just 3.5 underdogs. Like both sides of the ball, really, but Arizona, John Brown could be a nice play. Uh, Carson Palmer could be a nice play. Uh, David Johnson I'm going to talk about. Lots of Arizona guys I could totally see stacking up. A John Brown and a David Johnson, maybe even some other cats there, but Arizona... Nice, nice forecast against Philly, who have seen a lot of opponents put up big numbers. Finally, I like Nolens, the Saints. Uh, they are home to my team, Motown's Detroit Lions. Now, this is a close game. The Saints are just two-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under is tied for the highest of the week at 51. I could easily see. Plenty of players, both tight ends, both quarterbacks, several wide receivers on both sides of the ball. Uh, running backs, yeah, maybe the, the Hightower deal. Um, Riddick, I suppose, in deeper PPR teams, uh, leagues. But I think there's going to be a lot of points here. I think this, honestly, could be one of the highest scoring games of the week if all goes to script and... Um, could be some really nice plays on both sides. In fact, I'm going to talk about a couple of guys I've already talked about. Watson, I certainly think Ebron could be a play, and I got a few more in store when we talk about our daily dose, the DFS plays. Now, we've already given you, given you guys some streamers. You can certainly use the streamer plays that we listed in your DFS lineups, vice versa. If some of the DFS guys we talk about now – are available for streaming, go ahead and grab those cats as well. Just talked about Seattle. I'm going to keep talking about them. Quarterback Russell Wilson, $7,000 on DraftKings. Now, this is a cash play. I'm uh, not probably picking him in my GPP. He's just going to be way over-owned. But cash games, I'm loving him all day long. You know, Rawls is out. So there's this big enigma, as we've talked about, the Bryce Brown, Christine Michaels situation, Fred Jackson, who's it going to be? But to me, Wilson, he could easily bear much of the running burden. He is that type of quarterback. Uh, I think the team is going to rely heavily on the pass. He is one of the hottest players in the league right now. When he is, thus the cash play, now when he is at home, 
He is averaging about 30 more passing yards per game. His quarterback average spikes by 10. In his last four games, his completion percentage has been above 70 in every single tilt. He's just on fire. In the span of, in that same span of time, four games, he has 16 touchdowns. In other words, he's averaging four touchdowns a game in the last four weeks. In that time, he's given owners an additional 101 rushing yards in total and another TD on the ground. Eight quarterbacks have hung double-digit fantasy days on uh, the opponent, Cleveland Browns. In other words, there has only been what, six, five games where quarterbacks did not put up at least 20 points against Cleveland. I'm going to say that again. There's only been five games that Cleveland has played where opposing quarterbacks did not put up 20 points. Wilson, the hottest quarterback in the league, could easily do it. Uh, Cleveland's allowed multiple passing touchdowns on nine separate occasions. It's going to be 10, if you ask me, after week 15. I am loving Russell Wilson in my cash games. Now, for GPP, I like Stafford. Talked about this one as well. A lot of these plays I'm talking about were my DFS calls. Stafford, 6,100 on DraftKings, facing a Saints team who is ranked dead last against the position, according to DraftKings. Uh, they have the league's worst cornerback according to pro football focus in my eye in anyone else's eye if you've watched this dude brandon browner goodness gracious and he's going to be locked up on megatron preview of a wide receiver that i like again uh this is tied for the highest over under of the week although stafford is on the road this game has major shootout potential written all over it not to mention stafford has some real passing weapons megatron Golden Tate's been coming on as of late. Ebron, uh, he could be a tight end play for you. Contrarian. Plus, there is one of the best pass-catching backs coming out of the backfield in Theo Riddick. I believe I mentioned this, but they are in the red zone. When they are in the red zone, 86% of the Lions' touchdowns have come through the air. That is the fourth highest in the NFL. So, the vast majority of their touchdowns, 86%, when they get in close, are passing. A lot of teams are going to run it when they get in close. Not second-half staff. He's putting it in the air. That's why I like him in my GPP plays. Moving on to the running back position. I like some David Johnson. I played him last week. Uh, he's, he's been working out great. He is 5,700 on DraftKings. He's a total three-down back. Johnson saw seven targets last week. Only four running backs had more, and most were strictly um, third-down guys, guys that just get in there for passing situations. Johnson is there the whole time. He is used heavily in the red zone. 66% of his team's red zone carries last week went to him. He garnered 25% of his team's red zone targets, so he gets it on the ground, gets it in the air. Seventh best PPR fantasy back in the last three weeks. He ranks number seven when you add up the last three weeks. Three touchdowns in David Johnson's last four games, despite only seeing single-digit carries in two of those. And now I talked about this earlier in the season, but it rings true. He's got an amazing points-per-touch ratio. Now, 
I said this earlier, so this is how I knew it. Uh, I, I looked this up. The 12th best PPR running back on the season is indeed Frank Gore, and Gore averages his points per touch, 0.54. David Johnson's expected points per touch, or the points per touch that he's had, so basically you divide his total fantasy points by the amount of touches he's had. As I said, the 12th running back is Gore. Gore's points per touch is 0.54. David Johnson's doubles that, 1.14. That is insane. The guy gets it done when he gets the ball, and there are points plenty in this game. As I said, highest over-under of the week at 51. Zone is favored by 3.5. Zona has an implied team point total of over 27, and I'm loving me some David Johnson again. Wide receiver, this is no surprise, guys. I already mentioned Megatron. 6,900 faces, as I said, Brandon Browner, who is the league's worst cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus. There will be some recency bias, if you ask me, against Megatron. He really let down owners last week. That's one reason I think he's below 7,000. So I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him. And he has, honestly, the best matchup. If you were to pick a guy to guard your wide receiver, you're going to pick Brandon Browner. That's who Megatron faces in one of the highest expected point total games of the week. Loving it. Again, this game, it's only one of two that's going for over 50 points, according to Vegas. Not only that, the Lions are underdogs. So the game script should see a lot of passing. As I said, that's something they love to do when they get in the red zone, third highest in the league. And my last wide receiver Hinted at him a little bit earlier, Jeremy Macklin, 5,500 on DraftKings. Baltimore has an atrocious secondary. The Ravens are basically phoning it in. Alex Smith looks to him. I like Macklin for 55. Uh, tight end. Delaney Walker, baby, 5,600. Now, this is $100 more than Macklin, which is another reason Macklin's a great steal. But Delaney Walker for 5,600 in the last... Four weeks, the dude has 43 targets, 29 receptions, 363 yards. Delaney Walker, last four weeks. In that same stretch of time, he has three games over 90 yards. As mentioned, the Patriots are major favorites, 14 and a half. So the game script is going to be calling for the Tennessee Titans to be passing all day long. They're going to have to. The Pats are fairly tough against the tight end, but they've got three linebackers currently listed as questionable, and there is a fourth linebacker that is out on a non-football-related injury. Delaney Walker's been hot. Pats are a little banged up across the middle, and it's going to be a high-point scoring game if they have any chance. They're going to need to throw and throw often. They're going to look for Delaney Walker. Finally, wrapping it up, this is an easy one. I'm saving money on my running backs so I can spend on my defense. Seattle, 4,200 on DraftKings. This is a uh, a week of bargains at the running back. Like I said, cash to be spent here at the defense, and I'm spending up on Seattle. Several matchups with heavy home favorites, which is what you're looking for. Not only that, but the implied team point total for Cleveland, as I said, is lower then the point spread. That's just insane. Cleveland is the third most sacked team in the NFL. And we're talking about Johnny. 
Manziel. Johnny football. Uh, in his pro career, he has six touchdowns and five interceptions. Career completion percentage, below 60%. As the season wears on, he progressively gets worse. His completion percentage drops. His quarterback percentage, or I'm sorry, his quarterback rating dwindles, and his interceptions rise. In the last three weeks, Seattle is just one of two teams that are holding opposing quarterbacks to single-digit fantasy days on average. Only one of two teams in the last three weeks that is holding their opposing quarterbacks to a single-digit day. That's insane. In fact, on the season, they have held six different gunslingers to single-digit performances. You're telling me Seattle can't hold Johnny football behind Cleveland's line to a single-digit day? I think they can. Now, Cleveland, they've got a great – they had a great uh, run offensive line. Passing, not so much. They're giving up the sacks. What do you think about my calls there, Val, on DFS? I, I think you nailed it. Um, you know, I, w I would probably add uh, a couple wide receivers um, uh, with with Seattle. Definitely um, Baldwin and Lockett. You probably can't go too, too wrong there with either one of those guys. Yeah, yeah they're on fire. Love both. Yeah, and I, cash, cash like a Baldwin, Lockett, GPP maybe. GPP, yeah. Um, also, you know, who I like at quarterback is, is Bortles, um, going against that Atlanta defense, um, I think is, is might be a very good, uh, opportunity for, for those. Bortles, he's been a surprising quarterback this yeah. year. I mean, it, it used to be, you know, start your defense against Bortles, mm -hmm. not this year. He, who would have thought when, um, the name is just flew right out of my head. Uh, the tight end who transferred from Denver, uh, Thomas. Julius, Julius Thomas. Yeah. Who would have thought that he would have been better off with Bortles than with Peyton Manning? Who would have thought Peyton Manning would have had less touchdowns than Blake Bortles? But yeah. that is indeed the world in which we live, Val. I, I thought it was almost comical that he went to Jacksonville. I was just like, oh, he must be going there for the money because, you know, his career is not going to be in the toilet. So, but, you know, what do I know, I guess? Yeah. Who would have thought he went there for the upgrade at the quarterback position? <laughs> now, the last one I've got is the, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Now, folks, I do the what you talking about, Willis, normally as the minimum price, which for running backs and wide receivers is 3000 For quarterbacks, is 5000 on DraftKings, and for tight ends and defenses, or for tight ends, is 2500 Defense is 2000 All right, I'm stretching it a little bit this week just because it's so beautiful. I'm going $200 over. I hope you'll forgive me, Arnold Drummond. But I'm going with Brandon Bolden, 3200 on DraftKings. Brandon Bolden. Now, this cat had 16 attempts last week. Most of that, I remind you, came in the second quarter. Remember, Blunt got injured in this game. Blunt had 10 carries before he went out. So you have to believe... Bolden is going to be the recipient that gets those carries. 
Now, in the last three weeks, only 10 teams have given up more fantasy points to opposing running backs in PPR formats. The Pats have an implied team point total of 30.5. That is highest of week 15. Now, I know White is there, but he's predominantly taking the Deion Lewis role, and his touchdowns have been you know, kind of an anomaly as of late. Um, I don't think he's going to get the rushing. And in a week where they are 14.5-point favorites, the game script screams for ground and pound. That's Bolden. They're not going to be looking to pass out of the backfield. They're going to be looking to chew some clock, give it to Bolden. He's going to eat it up. And at 3200 he's a great way to save some cash, spend up at other positions, like I said, at uh, quarterback perhaps. There's some really good quarterbacks out there. Uh, maybe wide receiver, um, certainly defense. Brandon Bolden's a, a great, cheap, what you talking about, Willis, play this week. And, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to yet another conclusion. Val, uh, I, I got to ask, though, how you doing? Are you still pumping in some some leagues or are you just down to dfs are you watching from the sidelines how's your fantasy year wrapping up i'm still in the playoffs with uh my big money friend league um so that that's good i'm playoffs started start this week uh i don't know how well i'm gonna do i've my team has gone downhill uh i started off seven and oh and finished at uh seven five and two so yeah um, that's like like me and pyro yeah, like, at one point i think i was seven and three i didn't have another win i was just just eaten up by injuries and uh finished with seven wins yeah yeah first win charles and then you know sanders bombed and it, yeah it's just been a mess well uh, hopefully, my friends, you uh, will conquer week 15 and be uh, keep hope alive for week 16. My friend, it has been a wonder to talk to you, and uh, this one I am positive is going to make it to our listeners' ears. Sounds great. Thank, thank you, from Mo, for having me on. I always appreciate it, and I definitely always appreciate working with you, sir. Absolutely, man. It's uh, my pleasure. Uh, I just we got a good little vibe, good thing going here, and uh, it, it truly is my pleasure. Good talking to you, man, buddy. Folks, that is Mr. Valverde. He can be found on Twitter at RFL Red Zone. That is at R F L R E D Z O N E. I, of course, am Pyromaniac Mo, just like it sounds on Twitter at P Y R O M A N I A C. M O and ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, week 15. Hopefully you are in the playoffs. If not, you're tuning in for my beautiful voice and to get some DFS calls. We're going to keep it coming to you on the light. Certainly for week 16, believe D Rex and I are going to have a Christmas special for you next week. So we will indeed deliver on Friday night pyro works holidays, baby. And you will have this in your podcast earbuds come Saturday morning. 
And, of course, we'll do the Week 17 for you on the Pyro Light just because we love it. Coming up in the offseason, though, uh, the Pyro Heavy crew, of course, will be doing it once a week. And I will be doing kind of like what I did last year. I'll be toning it down a little bit, doing fantasy football talks. And every time we come up with some fantasy content for you, we will certainly do a Pyro Light podcast. But it will be not necessarily every week, but we are going to be look looking to fill the airwaves with pyro content, whether it be the heavy, whether it be the light, we are looking to extend the fantasy goo. For Valverde, I am Pyromaniac Mo. God bless. Take care. Take chances. Drive fast. Peace out.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.